Welcome to Young Black Misses, the podcast for newly married women. Let's have a conversation about wife life from love, friendship, money, food, and everything in between. Relax and let's get started. Welcome to Young Black Misses. I'm your host, Morgan F., and I am so happy that you have joined. This is going to be a great series that we're kicking off. I'm calling it the Post-Pandemic Wedding Planning Series. I am talking to some amazing wedding planners about their experience being in the wedding industry during the pandemic. Now, I've always wondered what it would be like to be a wedding planner a travel agent and somebody in the medical field during the pandemic because I just feel like those are just like issue five right so if you've ever wondered about what to expect in a post-pandemic wedding planning world even if you maybe aren't getting married you're, you're already married but maybe you thought about you know going to a wedding what is that like so we're gonna chat with my girl Stephanie from Pretty and Planned out here in Kansas City Let me tell you a little bit more about Stephanie. As I mentioned, she is the owner and lead planner at Pretty and Planned Events. She's been working in the industry for 14 years and has coordinated over 200 plus weddings at this point. So she knows her stuff. So I can't wait for you to hear that conversation. But you know, I got to give it to you my way. I got to give you a couple of little segments in between. I'm about to shake my curls, get into it. All right, here we go. On to the next segment. Shaking my curls, uh-uh, I'm shaking my curls, uh-uh, I'm shaking my curls, shaking my curls, uh-uh, I'm shaking my curls, uh-uh, I'm shaking my curls, uh-uh, I'm shaking my curls, shaking my curls. Okay, so I think that this topic is so relatable to so many people. I want to shake my curls at not showing up. Yeah, especially with a wedding, okay? But like, in general, not showing up. So you've been invited to something, you tell the person you're going to go, and then you just don't show up. Like, that's not okay. That is not cool. Because I feel, especially, I mean, this is your friend, I'm assuming. So I feel 99, maybe 90% of friendship is about showing up. So when you don't show up, it's trash to me. And especially if you don't show up to a wedding, especially when you RSVP'd you're coming to a wedding or a baby shower because we paid for food at this point, you know? So it's just so disrespectful to not show up, especially when you say you are going to. I just don't like the last minute, 10 minutes before the party excuses. Oh, I can't make it. Like, no, that's trash. Come, like, Unless you're sick, come. And like sick for real. You know what I'm saying? So I'm totally against, if I say I'm going to, I'm totally against missing things. If I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. Like, period. I got, I got to be sick for me not to be there. But otherwise, I'm going to be there. Because as a friend, I support you. So 
Uh, that's just more free. All right, let's go on to the next topic. What you chewing? What I'm chewing. I have in front of me gazpacho. Red pepper gazpacho. It has red, roasted red peppers, jalapenos, but too many jalapenos because it's spicy. Cucumber, tomatoes, little lemon juice, little red wine vinegar. Delightful. Yeah. It's spicy. Okay, so two things. I had gazpacho at our wedding. I guess we had gazpacho at our wedding. Like in the video, twice you see there's images of my husband drinking the gazpacho. And so it was very cute on our anniversary last couple weeks ago, we went to some little lounge spot and they brought us gazpacho. We're like, oh, this is perfect. So full circle moment. I'm still eating guys. This is really good. <laughs> Even though it is hot. I still like it. I had this for a garden party. This is leftovers from the garden party. And I could tell some of my guests couldn't handle the heat because there's a lot left. But oh well. More for, more for me. And I bet I could warm this up and put it on some pasta. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the main event. I have a special guest with me. Stephanie, say hello. Hi there. Oh, I am so happy to talk with you. I love weddings. I am going to a wedding soon. Well, um, you know, I went to a wedding about time people hear this <laughs> and I hope to go to another one soon. So I feel like you have like the dream job. Would you take a moment and tell my listeners a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. It is a very fun job. Um, I'm Stephanie Hopkins. I'm the owner and lead planner at Pretty and Planned Events. Um, it's myself full-time, and then I have two part-time uh, lead planners. Um, and then I have five assistants kind of as needed on call for like weekend support. Um, between all of us, we do between 30, 35 to 45 weddings a year here in Kansas City. Um, all, most of those, like 99.9% .9 are always in the Kansas City metro area. Um, we have done um, a few out of town. Um, we've done Colorado, um, Columbia, St. Louis, um, some nearby, nearby places, but our main focus is here in the Kansas City market. Wow. You said 39 weddings. Is, that seems like... You don't uh, 35, 35 to 45 a year, 35 to 40. That doesn't seem like you get much of a break. Cause I mean, there's 52 weeks in a year. So yeah, wow. that's why I have some other lead planners to take some of those on uh, myself personally, you know, like 20 to 25, um, sometimes up to 30. Again, kind of depends how the week shake out. Um, you know, one of the, the things I've done for 2020, two is limit more weekends. So, um, yeah, we'll be taking on less, but the last few years, yeah, that's kind of been our average is the 35 to 45 weddings a year for our team. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty exciting. I definitely want to know how that shifted in 2020, but we'll get to that first. Yep. I, when I have people that I find their career super interesting, I'm always curious, like, how did you get to become a wedding planner? 
And initially my thought is the J-Lo, the J-Lo um, uh, movie, and I can't think of the name of it. Is it called Wedding Planner? I think that's it. Where she's yeah, like, McConaughey. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you have to be a certain, you know, type A type of personality and you're like, you know, your pins are all in one station, <laughs> all that good stuff. So I'd love to hear how you got into this profession. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the movie is nothing like reality. Like I'm sure you, you know, in Hollywood, it's always glamorized. Um, it's definitely nothing like that. <laughs> um, but it is, it is really fun. Um, you know, I always kind of give people the comparison that um, I get to work with people like on the happiest day of their lives um, in comparison to people who don't necessarily get that. Um, I give my husband for an example, he's a firefighter. So he, he deals with a lot more serious things than I do. Like my worst day is like, a vendor arriving late or something going wrong that I have to like troubleshoot in behind the scenes. So it is really fun. Um, there is a lot of moving pieces and details to be in charge of, which is definitely a stressful career path, which is why there's not a lot of planners that really make it very long in the industry. Mm. Um, but to kind of tell you how I started and um, how I became a wedding planner, it was truly a dream of mine since I was a kid. Like even my friends growing up, still comment about like, oh my gosh, you talked about that since you were a kid and you're, you're doing it now. Um, so it really was always my dream. I used to put, you know, sheets on my head and pretend like I was a bride and all of those things. Um, but I started in, um, 2007, two years, um, into college, graduated high school, 2005 was two years into college and wanted to do an internship and, um, did one for a wedding planning company, um, that was downtown Kansas city. And really that helped me so much more understand like the ins and the outs and like the behind the scenes, because truly like wedding planning is like 99% prior to the wedding and like 1% on the wedding day. Right. So it's all the, the work prior to that, which really helped me kind of prepare mentally for, um, as a young, you know, bright eyed kid that wanted to be a wedding planner. So I, you know, anybody who's looking to jump into something, internships are just the best way to figure out if it's really something that you want to do. Um, so I did that in 2007 and um, finished college and then went into the corporate field because that's what people told me was the safe route to do. Um, and I also just didn't have the funding to start a business at that time. So um, I went into, you know, working, <clears throat> excuse me, working in um, personal banking, um, then working in accounting and commodities trading, um, all those safe jobs that, you know, I was told like, you need a salary, benefits, all those things. Um, but while all during those years between um, 2007 and 2015, I was still doing weddings because it was a passion of mine. Um, I was just doing them very um, limited on the side. It was my side gig for eight years. So during those years, I was doing between 10 and 15 weddings a year, which really is what helped me be able to take the jump from a part-time side gig into a full-time business. Pretty, pretty easy. I mean, um, well, not easy. It took, it took, it took a whole year to get, um, to replace my income that I had prior at a corporate job, but, um, kind of that fork in the road came, came for me in 2015 when, um, I became a mom and was going and looking at daycares and realizing that, I couldn't do both a corporate job and wedding planning. And I also just didn't want to leave my child um, at a daycare for 12 hours a day because the job I had was very um, not work-life friendly. Um, it was a salaried position where they wanted you there 11 plus hours a day. And so there was just no way I could, 
I could do both. Um, so I had a long conversation with my husband and said, I think if I really put my full attention into this, I could make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what, that's what I did. And again, it took 12 months of really hustling. Um, but it was worth it because I got to be with my daughter. Um, and I still have that, that working, um, relationship where I work, I work around my husband's schedule. Again, it's pretty easy with firefighter schedules. They don't work as they don't work a normal, um, scheduled routine. So, um, yeah, I'm still home with my kids a lot. Um, you know, I work, I work a lot of weekends more than most people do, but I'm also able to take off during the week and be there for school functions and that kind of thing. So, um, that was a long introduction about how I got started, but, um, you know, it's, I think it's helpful for people who yeah. don't necessarily know how they are going to get there because mine was a very windy curve that, you know, again, it evolved over eight years. It wasn't like, I just said, I want to be a wedding planner. And it happened overnight. Right. Um, I think sometimes people are like, Oh, how did you do this thinking? I'm going to tell them it was easy. And it really wasn't had I not had those eight years of prep and part-time and, um, you know, weddings that I had photos of and things like that, it would not have been as easy to make the leap to full-time. Wow. That's super. Yeah. I get, people think that all the time, like, oh, it's just so easy to do whatever you, you, your dream is. No, like there are so many, there's so many hurdles and may hills and foolishness to jump through, but you made it. And that is super exciting. So I'm curious though, I had a wedding planner at my wedding. Um, so what is the benefit of hiring a wedding planner for our, our brides out there, our, our soon to be brides, you know, optimistic people? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the important thing too, is to really interview and ask, um, ask those questions. Um, and that's what consultations are set up for that we offer to anyone who's interested in hiring us for their planner. Um, but I mean, really what the value is, is you know, as a newly engaged person, um, you don't know what you don't know. And um, you've never planned a wedding before. How are you going to pull off the biggest party of your life without um, knowing all the complexities that come into it? It's not just like a birthday party where you put together a cake and some party decor. There's a lot of moving pieces, um, you know, between ceremony, reception, all the people. So um, truly the value is in having somebody who's done it a lot of times, who has seen you know, things go wrong, who can forecast problems, who can communicate with vendors, who can manage a whole team on the wedding day. So yeah, I think a lot of times people think it's just a wedding planner. Like, I don't really need it. Like my aunt can help me or something like that. But your aunt Barbara, yeah, she might be, you know, she might do the church functions and she might be organized, but again, she's not been um, in the trenches through 150 plus weddings where she's seen it all, done it all. um, And just knows kind of what to expect, you know, um, throughout a wedding day. So, and, um, not that I've seen it or done it all, but I've done, I've seen it and done a lot on wedding days, but literally every wedding, there's a new, there's something new that I learn at every single wedding. For example, last, the last wedding, you know, we learned something new about how to hang certain installations from the florist. And it was like, Oh, I wouldn't have known that had that, that person not taught me that. So it's, that's the value in it. Um, but yeah, we get asked that a lot. And I tell people, it's kind of like, you know, if you go and, um, you know, interview somebody for who's going to be your eye doctor. You don't really want to start with like a brand new eye doctor, you know, messing with your eyeballs that you see out of every day. So again, with a wedding plan, with wedding planning, if you're throwing a expensive wedding, you don't want to hire somebody who's never done it before and spend money on them and then make it more stressful on you throughout the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you said something that my wedding planner always said to me, 
It's a lot of moving parts, Morgan. <laughs> so many, it's so fast paced, but that's what I like about it. Um, as the type of person I am, because I like the wedding day, the quickness, like how fast things move way more than I like all the back and forth nitty gritty planning of the details. I mean, I do like that stuff. I'm an organized person who can put it all together. Um, but yeah, the wedding day is much more fun for my type of personality where I can like use my hands and like put things together rather than like typing it up up behind a computer. Absolutely. Okay. So this 35 to 45 weddings a year, how 2020, right? (laughs) Okay. Like how were the wedding? Oh God. Oh no, Stephanie, that doesn't sound promising. (laughs) How were the weddings of 2020? I, I actually went to two weddings in 2020 and, um, one of them, she listens, so I'm not going to go into details about that, but I didn't get to see, I didn't get to see anything because we were outside and we just did like a drive through when she left. And, and so we just kind of wave and that was exciting, but one I actually, and that was in April. So that was, you know, but then, Hey girl, Hey. Um, cause I know she's listening. Um, but the other one I went to, I was actually in the building. It was just it was so, it was such a, my favorite word, juxtaposition, A, from my wedding or from other weddings that I've been to. So Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I think I feel for the bride and I guess the groom too, you know, whatever, but just how was your 2020? I'm sorry. I had to do my (laughs) spiel. (laughs) Oh no. I I like hearing other, especially people who are attending weddings, like feelings on it, because even like friends and family were asking like, you know, what are people doing and how's things going and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I do try to post a lot of candidates and stuff on my Instagram stories to keep people, you know, somewhat in the loop and feeling connected to me and like what's going on, especially last year. But um, yeah, 2020. Wow. Um, it was a make or break year for a lot of vendors and you really saw people, um, you know, overcome a lot of hurdles and then some that um, didn't, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, up against a global, global pandemic, you can't really um, judge too harshly on that thing because it's unlike anything um, as a business owner. I, I would have never comprehended, you know, that's me being naive, but you learn, you know, everyone, you know, across the world learned how to cope with it. But um, how it kind of, you know, everything went down was we had a few weddings. Our slow season is always um, January through March um, every year because not a lot of people want to get married in the coldest months of the year in Kansas City. So we only had a few weddings before the pandemic, but we did have one. Um, it was the last wedding we had was I think it was the, the fifth or the sixth of March, what I call like the weekend before the world shut down. And I remember when the news came on, and I was just like, "What?" like, is this really like, I kind of like, I had sent some funny, like people were posting funny memes a couple weeks before everything, like, oh, this is funny. It's not going to happen. And then I remember sitting there and was like, this shows how naive I was to like it being real and like that things would shut down. So it was really scary. Like thinking like, I don't even know how to like start coming through this mess and my phone's exploding. Um, it was like the night before, I think it was the night before St. Patrick's day. Yeah. Like, it's all blur. March 16th. That's my birthday. That's when I feel like the oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was that, it was that weekend. Yeah. I think it was a Sunday night and I was like staring at the news and I was like, oh my gosh. And you know, panic's ensuing right at that time across the country. Like you see, you know, people like no toilet paper, all the canned goods are gone. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh. So it felt like a lot of doom at that time. 
but um, I kept busy and occupied by literally a flooded inbox and voicemails galore. Mm -hmm. Um, We had our our next wedding. So that was, again, March is not a busy month, but we had the first wedding the first week in March, which we were able to complete, you know, and at that time we still weren't even that worried about COVID. So it's like everything changed so quickly over a week's time, especially in the Midwest and the United States. But um, then our next wedding was scheduled for um, March 28th, which they had, you know, like 11 days basically to, to let everybody know and to change everything. And my heart even goes out more to people. It, thankfully, we didn't have that, but people whose wedding was that coming week. Like, could you imagine like six days before your wedding having to like, you know, flowers already ordered, um, florists, they had, they had to basically make arrangements and sell them because they had all these flowers that now they can't take to a wedding. It was just, it was crazy. But, um, so our, you know, the lockdown that happened was between March and, um, then things started to ease after, um, the 30th of May, I think, or 31st of May was when Platte County and Jackson County started easing some restrictions, but a lot of our couples had already made the call to postpone, um, their spring weddings. So we did have a few people who still had like what we called micro weddings at the time, you know, just friends and family, and then they postponed receptions or they just called it good after a small wedding. Um, we had that between, um, our first wedding was in, Uh, May and we had a couple of those small weddings between May and June and then we started back in July with our normal weddings Um, and then July through November we were full steam trying to get as many of those people that had had to postpone from spring and early summer completed um, in the fall and then um, the news broke out again that cases were spiking which we knew was going to happen was flu season cold season um that happened in mid-November, causing a few other of our um, November and December brides to have to postpone. And then also, you know, the early winters, again, a few weddings that, you know, just a few between January and March, of course, also decided, you know, we're in the winter. It's not likely that COVID's going anywhere over the winter months. So they postponed as well. So then our first wedding back for 2021 wasn't until April, Um, but April through current cross fingers, um, has been normal this year, um, for our our 2021 brides. Um, we're still dealing with a lot of, um, the rollover effect, um, from a lot of 2020 brides going into this year. So, um, yeah, it's a lot for wedding vendors this year in Kansas city. Cause again, we have that rollover effect of people who had to postpone, um, into the next year. Then we have our current clients who had a lot of them had booked even before the pandemic started for this year. Um, and then we have a lot of 2022 weddings that we're still supporting and planning needs for mm-hmm. next year. So it really feels like three years in one for 2021. So when, I, when people ask me about 2020, 2020, I'm like, yeah, it was, it was a shock, but this year's actually a little harder in just navigating all of the weddings. So you said two phrases, micro wedding and normal wedding. Can you define like, what does a micro wedding look like and what would you define a normal wedding looking like in COVID times? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would call a normal wedding, a wedding where um, the, the county or the venue wasn't restricted to limit occupancy to a point where couples had to uninvited guests. Um, that was the main goal for most of our our couples was they didn't want to have to tell people like you're not invited anymore. Um, the micro weddings were again, like limited to like 10 or less people, um, where you it wow. had to just be immediate family members and like the key vendors, like a planner, one photographer, that's it. Um, you know, and we did have a few of those. Um, so yeah, the micro weddings, um, we only had those happen between, 
um, April and June. And then July, things had lifted and um, there were still mask mandates or actually the mask mandates didn't start until like late summer last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So those first couple of months of summer were kind of like a little back to normal. And then the mask mandates happened. um, And so that was just another another piece of um, restrictions, which we got through and that was fine. Um, but yeah, the micro weddings were, were simply the weddings that happened, um, as a choice that couples made that they still wanted to get married, but they, they acknowledged like we have to get married with this many people. Okay. So when you're planning that kind of stuff, it's probably, is it fairly <laughs> like copy paste, you know what I'm saying? Or is it still, a, there's a personalized vibe to it? Um, it's still pretty personalized to like what they want. Um, a lot of the copy paste, the same vendors and the people that we could have, Mm -hmm. um, it was just mainly, um, changing up the day, um, to a, to a shortened day, because obviously we don't have like a full reception with like a crowded dance floor for three hours and that kind of thing. We're in somebody's backyard or, um, we're having a nice dinner at a upscale restaurant instead of, um, you know, a big reception hall. So it really did change. Um, yeah, a lot of those, those weddings that did want to go ahead and get married in the spring. So from your point of view, how had the couples from last year into this year compared, you know, how are they coping with this news? Because Stephanie, I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, you know, I'm a firm believer and I think God knew she was, he was like, no, Morgan, <laughs> I cannot put you through that. You gonna go ahead and get married in 18. Cause I know what's ahead. Um, I just, I, Mo Free couldn't do it. I'm just going to keep it a buck. Well, you're, you're not alone in that. Like I had so many of my past brides messaging, just support of saying like, oh my gosh, like we couldn't be happier that we, you know, especially like the fall of 2019 brides, like they were just on the brink of, um, mm-hmm. when this all happened, when the world changed. So yeah, it was, it was a lot to digest for people. There was a lot of phone calls and, uh, video calls that were very, uh, tearful, very emotional. Um, people had spent a lot of money, a lot of time, um, you know, family that were supposed to be flying in family that now can't fly in because they can't come to the United States, there was, there was a lot. It, it, it took, it was emotionally draining um, because I felt, I felt what they felt. You know, I've been a bride before. I know, right. you know, how excited they are. And, you know, how, again, the, the amount of time that's been invested, the amount of money that's been invested, I'm kind of their confidant on like, who else can they go and cry to? Like they need to, they need to talk to me about it. And so it's, and that's kind of where, again, as a planner, I, I do feel like I fit a, a role sometimes of like, a big sister to my brides, you know, I'm in my thirties. A lot of my brides are, and I I do have brides in their thirties too, but a lot of them are in their like late twenties. So that's where I kind of have to take on, you know, okay, what can we do with what we know right now? And how can we make the best decision moving forward? And what do you want? Like supporting what they want while also trying to give them advice of like, if it was me, here's what I would do or what's important to you. So for the people who were really adamant that they really wanted to get married, like, let's do that then. And then we can, you know, they either chose to have a small micro wedding or we postponed a reception for later that year. So there was some of that. There were some of the, just the small weddings that were, you know, done that day. Um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of back and forth with a lot of people um, over a short amount of time to figure it out. And I think um, one for videographer, um, <laughs> he was so nice in saying like, you, you know, he's asking like, how, how are you doing? And stuff like that. And, um, you know, I was like, it's just a, just a lot. And he was like, you know, like your role has to be the hardest of all wedding vendors. 
And I, I just didn't say anything because I wanted to hear his perspective. And he said, because you're not dealing with just your contract, like a video person, they're like, okay, we're switching to this date or that date. They haven't done any videos. They, you know, they check their schedule and they just slot the date differently, but a planner, we're managing all of those people. So it's not just looking at my schedule as a planner and saying, oh, I can do this date instead. It's like, now I need to check with all these people and all these mm. vendors and all these, you know, changing contracts and all those things. Um, so with our partial and full planning couples, it's very, very um, time extensive. I mean, it takes hours and hours and hours to do. Um, it's a lot of emails, a lot of um, back and forth communication to see if everybody's good with it before we finalize details with the venue. So, yeah. Um, In the Wow. In the height of it, maybe like a May, June type wedding before things loosened up, you're saying that they put this down payment on a venue and, you know, say the date was in May, but they couldn't use it. There was like no, there was no leeway for them to be able to move the date back or anything like that. I'm just curious about that. Oh, no, sorry. Um, Sorry if I confused you on that. No, there was, most vendors were very accommodating um, as long as they as long as they had availability. Um, venues have a, a hard time with it because they're, you know, they're date sensitive based on all the other people who have booked them who are holding tight to their dates. So, we, you know, we didn't see until like later in the pandemic fall couples moving. So spring brides who wanted fall weddings, you know, they were kind of up a creek because there's just no fall dates left unless they want to get married on a Thursday, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday dates are taken um, throughout the year. So, um, yeah, it was kind of just a game of what dates were open. Um, the venue a lot of times dictates the dates and then it's coordinating all the other, all the other vendors based on what they have open. But no, we saw, we saw so many accommodating vendors and venues and, and all the different vendor categories, um, trying to help their couples being understanding about, um, you know, they can't control the pandemic, you know, just like we can't as vendors. So, um, yeah, everyone, everyone was help helping everybody throughout that. Hmm. Well, though, I don't think the pandemic is over. I think we're in kind of a, and I don't think even in a post pandemic, you know, so I'm just curious, how has planning shifted, um, since COVID and, you know, since there's more vaccines available, I'm curious if there's any protocol of, you know, she wants to be distance or she's okay to be close, you know, that kind of situation, you know, everyone's different. So I'm just kind of curious how that flows throughout the evening or the, how that flows when you're doing seating arrangements or, you know, whatever the case may be, like, do we still need to be six feet? You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I like to be mindful of those things and try to encourage couples to, but also um, try to be respectful of the client's wishes and also seeing what the venue policies are. Um, It's really important to me that we follow venue policies um, in every venue in different areas um, because we work a lot in Platte County. We work a lot in Jackson County. Sometimes, you know, even in Johnson County, there's not as many venues in Johnson County, but um, so we kind of have to you know, every single wedding is a different scenario because every single county is being ran differently. Um, right. and that's probably the most interesting part of it is like not, there was no rules the same at all in the whole pandemic. Like everyone's doing things differently because that's where you see everything's bodied by different um, officials and stuff. So that was also a headache of like, oh wait, that's Platt, that's Clay, that's Jackson. We got to look through all these different policies. But in general, I'm still encouraging couples to, you know, 
um, use those safe um, practices and stuff like that. Um, what we've seen less of this year is um, attention to that, uh, unfortunately, but I get it. I think people are trying to return to normal. Um, but yeah, since kind of the, I call it like the floodgates have opened on events since they um, lessened restrictions, I think it was in May, uh, April, uh, definitely wasn't April was still pretty tight on restrictions, but I think in May they started uh, lessening restrictions. And we've, at least from my experience, have seen like flooded dance floors, <laughs> guests getting very intoxicated because they haven't had a party in a really long time. Wow. Um, we've also seen, we've seen guest counts on RCP rates higher than normal because again, people have not been out and about um, to be around people. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that is kind of what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm still encouraging people to be safe and then also having a backup plan because I don't want to be that naive planner again that doesn't realize that we still are in a pandemic and that there is another variant that's out there that, you know, could shut things back down again at any time. Missouri right now is spiking so much in cases. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm very mindful of it and just kind of keeping a close radar on it. Um, I, I like to follow like and pay close attention to what the schools are doing because I feel like the school, like the schools were the ones who I was paying close watch on throughout like the, the last um, couple rounds of things. So um, I'm seeing a lot of schools that are um, going back to masking. So I think, again, I don't know, I'm not a, um, a right. you know, predictor thing, but I do feel like we'll be, um, events will be masked again by fall, but who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens, but people were accommodating with it throughout the end of 2020. They weren't excited about it, of course, but, um, you know, pe people understand they have to follow the rules if they want to be able to, to come to a wedding. So, so backup plan, that's pretty much how I'm trying to, to roll with everything is like knowing that we're, yeah, like you said, we're definitely not out of the pandemic. Who knows when we will be. Um, but yeah, having backup plans and just being ready for, for that to happen. Wow. Okay, so my last question before you play my favorite game. So, well, this is kind of a twofer. I'd love to hear like your biggest piece of advice. I'm sorry to toss this on you without preparing you, but as you were talking, I was just curious um, for, you know, newly uh, engaged people. But I'm also curious, this is, I'm gonna let you answer that first before I go into my last question. Um, like my best piece of advice would be to, figure out your budget first, because you really can't make decisions until you know what you can afford. Um, and kind of like itemizing where you're spending that money, that way you're not shopping at venues or with vendors that you can't afford. So um, if you put a, a number on what you want to spend and who's contributing to that, whether it's, you know, old fashioned where the bride's parents are paying for it, or, you know, modern couples now are, are funding a lot of their weddings. Um, and then sometimes groom's parents are throwing in a lot. So kind of having those conversations with parents or, you know, just as a couple on what you can afford before you do anything is my biggest piece of advice, because just like buying a house, don't agents nowadays, they're not shopping with people who aren't qualified, ready buyers. Right. Um, same, same goes for wedding planners. We don't want to, we don't want to have meetings with people who haven't really established at least that, because how do we know what we're working with or what they like or where they want to have a wedding in the, in the Metro. So yeah, that's the biggest piece of advice is the budget. Hmm. I, I heard the average wedding cost when I was getting married was like in the thirties. I bet it's gone up since then. It's yeah. And people still, people still think that's the average. And it's definitely not anymore. Um, 30,000 gets spent really, really fast when you're talking about weddings of, um, 150 plus people. Cause you kind of got to break down. Like if you, 
or to take 150 people out to dinner, like imagine, you know, what that would cost. And then that's not including all the other pieces that you're adding to a wedding with photography, videography, um, all those different vendors. So yeah, I'd say the average now is, um, I don't know, it's, it's really hard to give an average. I don't like to say numbers, but most of our brides range. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So our clients, most of our clients are spending between, um, 40 and, you know, sometimes six figures plus on their wedding, which I know wow. isn't is a big average too, but I mean, we've done weddings where people are, you know, they're like, we got to stay around that $40,000 mark. Or we even have people who are like, we want to be at 30. And then we kind of have to have a conversation with them. Like, again, that's not as that money goes really fast. And here's, we'll show you really quickly. And they figured out quickly too, when they interview, um, you know, venues and photographers and DJs or bands, like the money just goes really quickly in a wedding. So, um, yeah. Venue and the food. Uh, I would imagine. What's that? So the venue and, a, and the food, I would imagine are probably the two, like that's what sucked my money. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Cause again, it's like, you know, it's all the food and drink for 150 plus or exactly. some people, people. You just, that's quick, quick math that when you do those, um, that multiplication, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So that's the biggest, yeah. Usually those are the biggest ticket prices is the, the food and beverage of your wedding and like the venue and then like your planner, you know, band, you know, those are the big ticket items that go fast. Understood. Okay. And then have you, have you seen any trends um, in wedding planning or just like weddings in general, um, in these fun times? Um, I think most of the trends have just been kind of related to the, uh, the coronavirus of like, um, you know, the different things they've had to incorporate, which is, you know, like masks as favors, hand sanitizers as favors, um, you know, fun, funny photos that, you know, I tell people, I'm like, let's make the most of it. At least your grandchildren one day will see you in a wedding dress with a mask. And that'll be kind of cool. Like we see those, um, you know, the, what was the Spanish flu or whatever, um, those photos that circulate now. And we're like, okay, so other people have overcome these pandemics. So I just try to stay positive with it. Like, you know, we can only control, we can control and let's stay optimistic and make the best of it. So thankfully most couples have also, taking that on if they're continuing their wedding. So. Okay. I love that. All right. Before, oh, um, let's play my game. <laughs> and, yeah. and, um, so I'm going to give you three options and, um, it's kind of like a category thing. So you can let me know which one you would marry, which one you want to date, which one you want to dump, or you can marry them all. You can date them all. You can dump them all. It's just however you want to play it. And so I like play Marrying is like the one I'm most committed to or the most yes. I like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. That's your boo thing. That's your boo thing for life. Okay. Florals. Real. Mary. Wait, hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Real, like- fake, or none. Now I know you're not going to pick none now that you said that. Oh, real. And I marry the flowers. Yes. Okay. You're okay. You're marrying the real flowers. What are you dumping? The fake ones? Are you, or which one are you date and which one are you dumping the fake ones or the not having them at all? Oh, I'm definitely dumping, not having them at all. Um, dating, um, artificial ones, but maybe more like dried and like funny, like fun, artificial painted ones or something like that. Like I've seen a lot of florists incorporating different textures of stuff that aren't like 
fresh flowers. So I date that stuff. Cause I, I think that's, that's fun and unique, but it is trendy. So, um, I, I try to stay more on the classic side, um, and timeless that people won't hate in 20 years. Cause I don't know people, I like pompous grass. I think it's beautiful, but I'm like, will people love that in 25 years? I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, I date the artificial, um, and dried stuff. Yeah. I was, I made sure to have real flowers for like my bouquet, but I, I didn't have that in, in the arrangements because I just couldn't swing it. So <laughs> I just, hey, yeah. I got married at 23 and none of our centerpieces were flowers. Yeah. Um, they were all like candle installments and stuff. So exactly. yeah, I got to, you got to, again, budget, you got to figure out what your budget is and spend where is important to you. And speaking of which, that brings me into my next question. Most important item to spend on the venue, the dress, or the food? Which one are you marrying? Which one are you dating? Which one are you dumping? Oh gosh, that's so hard. I mean, Ooh, I love when people say that. Yay! <laughs> I, I hate like, you know, when the food's not good because I really, I always stress the guest experience because I always tell people like, if you're getting married in Kansas city, um, and not eloping, it's because you want all your friends and family there. So you, it should be like a fun party. And I think what makes a fun party is like food, entertainment, um, good bar, um, but also where you're hosting it. So like, all, I, I'm sorry, I had to marry both food and, um, food and the venue and then, um, date the dress, but I wouldn't dump any of those. I'm with it. I didn't even think about entertainment. What, yeah, it, what's so important, but I mean, dress is really important too. Like they're all, I want to marry them all, but like, again, as a planner, like you can still find a beautiful dress for like, you know, not $20,000, not something exactly. for, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to blow your budget and still look beautiful on a dress. So Absolutely. Dress, dress I'm both. curious though, what, what, what would be considered entertainment at a wedding? I'm, I'm just trying to visualize that right quick. It's, I'm, I'm apparently rusty. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of unique entertainment, um, things that you can do, but I mean, most people, you know, they're having a band, a live band, depending how many pieces they want or, um, a really good DJ, um, abandoned DJ for your reception can, you know, a good one can make or break it. So we have a very small list of people we refer for those categories because we know who the good and bad ones are in Kansas city. So, um, yeah, entertainment is just such an important piece of oh, you're the right. wedding. I got yeah. you now. The other elements. Yeah. The other elements are like photo booth, live painters, um, you know, different, different experiences in the wedding reception. But yeah, by far the most important is like, who's the MC and who, or, you know, that's either the band or the DJ and like how synced in they are with the crowd. Mm. And it, I feel like the DJ, if he plays or she plays the role of the MC, that's got to be on point from personal experience. <sighs> Yeah. That's why it's important for us to like get to know our couples and then see, kind of ask them about like what their, their guest style is. Like, are they more in, like, do they prefer a DJ? Do they prefer a band? Have they been to a wedding with either or recently what their experience was? Um, that way we can really kind of pair them with who we think is going to bring that element best to their group. And then they interview of course, and then they make their ultimate decision, but we like to direct those decisions based on their personality and what they're looking for. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, uh, another question for you. Here we go. Destination wedding, a traditional wedding, like in town or a courthouse wedding, marry date or dump. 
Um, well, I'm going to say marry the in-town wedding because, you know, I'm here in town, but I also will travel. Um, and, and because I think most people, again, uh, I think, um, people who it's less about how many, like how, how they can celebrate with their guests and stuff like that. Um, they elope and they have something smaller, more intimate, which is still fabulous and great to do. But, um, yeah, I, again, I'm more of a traditional Midwestern girl. So I would say marry the traditional wedding in town, uh, date the destination wedding and then dump the courthouse wedding. See, you went ahead and went for it. And actually that was my last one. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Please let my listeners know how they can connect with you via your however they can reach out to you. I guess I was going to say via your social media, but you may have more things than that. Yeah, they can either visit me online at prettyandplans.com. Um, all of our information and um, about pack- packages and contact is all through on there. Um, and then through social media, the, the one we're most active on is Instagram um, at pretty underscore and planned. So pretty and planned is all with underscores in between and, um, and we're good about posting like behind the scenes and stuff like that on our Instagram stories, which is really where we get the most engagement. Um, I'm not as good about posting in my feed, um, just due to, it takes a lot of time to put all those things together, but I do try to keep up with the Instagram stories because again, that's where we see the most of our engagement and lead sources come from Instagram stories. Nice. Yeah. I will put all that stuff in the show notes for you listeners. All right, Stephanie, thanks so much. Listeners, we're going on to the positive tip, but Stephanie, you stay here. Okay. The positive tip. So from talking to Stephanie, it really sounds like it was a very challenging year for people in the wedding industry and people in the the food industry period like vendors as she kept mentioning it was a challenging year but i love that backup plan and i think that's something that we can carry with us maybe things and even beyond a pandemic just in our lives there's maybe things that are not turning out the way that we want it to be but there's always another there's always another route there's always another way and it just may not take as quickly as you want it to be, but it'll happen for you. And I've encouraging myself while I'm saying that to you. So <laughs> thanks so much again, Stephanie, for chatting with me. Okay, you guys are in for a treat. Not next week, but the following week, I have another awesome wedding planner talking to me. Miss Julie will be here in a few weeks. So if you've gained value from this episode, please do meet a solid and Stop right now. Thank you very much. Share with a friend. The sharing is caring and it only helps me continue to grow. And if you feel so obliged, you can drop your girl a five-star review in the podcast app you are listening to. All right, guys. Until next week, I'll talk mm-mm, the week after next because we a bi-weekly podcast. <laughs> until next time, I'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>